welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director for APPA. We're joined today by Jolene Thompson, President and CEO of AMP, a joint action agency, and Colin Hansen, Executive Director for Kansas Municipal Utilities, a statewide trade association representing and serving public power communities across Kansas. Jolene has served as chair of APPA's board directors since June 2020, and will hand over the board chair reins to Colin at APPA's National Conference in Orlando, Florida, later this month. Jolene and Colin, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you very much. It's it's uh, it, it's uh, it's a delight, and uh, especially enjoy sharing the the format with Colin. Great. So, Jolene, uh, just to kind of get things started, um, as you look back at your time as APPA board chair, what are you particularly proud of in terms of uh, accomplishments? Well, it was uh, it was one for the record books, I would say, in terms of uh, being a different kind of, of, of chairmanship, because we did do uh, nearly everything virtually during during the, the June 2020 to June 2021 term. And it was it was a it was a difficult year for for public power. Um, uh, not only the pandemic, but wildfires and political discord and social unrest and weather events. And so it was um, it was quite a year. Uh, it, from my standpoint, the things that uh, when I when I when I look back on this, I think the thing that transitioned well is I had the opportunity to be part of the uh, board search committee when we uh, we did the search to decide who would be CEO following uh, Sue Kelly's very successful time in 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 the chair, and um, and so it was part of the process of of making the decision that we thought that Joy Ditto would be a very strong leader to take us forward, and she has proven that's the case. And so having the opportunity to having uh, having set on the search committee and going through that process and then uh, DeCasa Jenkins and I uh, and, and Coleman Smoke worked together as a transition uh, committee at the very early part of Joy's time in, in the CEO role. And then we thought that would transition well with me being in this role then uh, as she really got got uh, her feet under her and got 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 headed forward. So I, I would say I'm very proud of the the continuing the successful transition with Joy um, and providing a sounding board for her as she went through that role and in a in a pretty difficult time. Uh, when you look at APPA's foundation, so much of that is is connecting uh, uh, in in forums at events and training sessions. And so having to transition that virtually, I think the staff did an absolutely bang up job on that. So having the ability to help them with that, uh, I think would be uh, one of the top accomplishments. I also had the opportunity uh, early on my time on the board to serve on the dues committee and then eventually chair the dues committee. And so we had restructured the APPA dues. Uh, and so uh, working with the the staff to continue that transition to fully implement the dues restructuring. And then we also, in, in, in my term, had the opportunity to relieve the association of their defined benefits plan liability, uh, which uh, is not something that's widely talked about necessarily as, as something that all members are aware of, but it's an important part of helping ensure a really strong fiscal foundation for the future success of the association and um, the, the various board committees and members that volunteer for those committees outside the board, Harry uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and Lane and others, uh, our treasurer, really led the way on that, but happy to have uh, had the opportunity to be involved in that. Uh, and then 
we're just spending the last number of months getting the CEO climate change task force working group process ha has been fully fleshed out. And so supporting uh, the, the chairs of that and, uh, and Joy and her team as that gets underway and that will get handed off to Colin to take that across the finish line and looking at refreshing uh, APPA's climate change position, which is important and timely with everything going on right now. So when I look back, I think those are really the things that uh, I'm most proud of. I would also add finding ways to engage the board uh, when we're not meeting in person. So um, having everyone be participatory in a virtual format and engaged and the board members really stepped up and did that. So I uh, greatly appreciate all their efforts. Yeah, you um, became board chair during the middle of the, the pandemic. Um, so from your vantage point as, as board chair, what are the ways in which APPA and the public power community successfully rose to the challenge in terms of responding to, to COVID-19? Uh, well, public power proved what I think those of us that have been in public power uh, for so many years fully know, and that is public power is very resilient. And uh, public power systems, and it was different, public, some public power systems really experienced the pandemic they experience it differently. Um, I, I, if I look at my membership and, and at AMP, we represent 135 uh, public power systems across nine states. So obviously a very diverse membership. We had some members that saw a, an increase in their load because they happened to be the home for a warehouse or some uh, part of you know, food manufacturers, things that were being uh, demand that had increased during the pandemic. But more often than not, our members saw reduced demand um, as a result of businesses that were uh, shut down for a period of time. Uh, and we've seen folks bounce back from that. But one of the things that I was particularly impressed by is how much public power demonstrated the, the foundational focus of community, which we all talk about. It's in the APPA tagline. Um, the pay it forward examples in my membership, we had in some communities, uh, residents were going in and just leaving money with the with the with the municipal electric system to help their neighbors and friends and, and others who might need help with with their utility bills. So just the pay it forward aspect, I think, was was really impactful. And then I as I noted previously, APPA found a way to connect with members virtually. I think they did that very successfully. Uh, obviously, we all want to get back to meeting in person again, but uh, APPA found a way to make virtual meetings work. And um, I, I've heard lots of positive comments. So I think that's another tool in the toolbox for APPA looking forward uh, as they do meeting planning, a way to maybe involve folks that don't have the ability to travel uh, to go to, to meetings. But overall, public power really stepped up uh, and, and, and kept the lights on and, and, and embodied that community focus. Thanks. Thanks, Julie. Um, so, Colin, what, what, what would be your priorities as APPA board chair? Yeah, thank, thanks, Paul. I, I think maybe before I jump into to some of my priorities uh, as board chair, I, I do want to step back and, and just take an opportunity to thank Jolene for, for her leadership this past year. And I, I, I'm guessing that when she ex accepted her, her spot on the officer team at APPA and looked down the road at, at her year as APPA, APPA chair, she probably didn't suspect that her term was going to coincide with with one of the more challenging times in, in APPA's history. Yeah, you know, she mentioned the global pandemic, uh, political discard, uh, discord, you'd had uh, in, in our part of the world, a polar vortex storm for the ages, uh, increasing cybersecurity concerns. Uh, you know, jo Jolene really got to deal with, with all of it. So uh, she did an absolutely amazing job as, as board chair and I'm really thankful for, for her leadership and, 
and numerous years uh, of service to, to APPA. And I, I will I will note that I am selfishly hoping for a uh, just slightly quieter year during during my <laughs> year as chair, if possible. Um, but you know that that being said, I'd I'd like to continue on with the the great work that that the APPA staff and board and membership have have taken uh, in you know under Jolene's guidance. Uh, she, you know she mentioned the the climate change policies that need to get across the the end line, and you know you add that to cybersecurity preparedness and workforce development and and uh, you know particularly increasing the awareness of the public power business model, and we've we've got a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I, I do have a special emphasis that I'd like to focus on during during my time as chair. However, I've been involved with public power uh, going on 28 years now, and really have have nothing but the but but the most utmost or the utmost respect for uh, you know and and admiration for the APPA board chairs that that precede me. But there's there's probably one thing that likely sets me apart from these incredible leaders, and that's the size of both my organization uh, and the public power utilities that that we ultimately serve. And, you know, when I when I joined KMU back in 2000, uh, the, or the association actually just consisted of me and a part-time administrative assistant. And I'm fortunate now to have uh, over 20 employees, about half of those being full-time and half uh, being part-time serving Kansas members, but we're still, still pretty lean and mean. And if you look at our members, there are actually 118 public power systems in the in the state of Kansas, and that's that's fourth most, but behind only Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. But of those 118 public power utilities, the the median size, the typical size of one of our systems, is one that serves 920 customers. And you know, in fact, we've only got eight of those 118 that serve more than 5,000 customers. So. You know, having worked in Iowa first and and now in Kansas, much of my focus and attention during my public power career has been on assisting and and supporting and protecting uh, the the small public power systems. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that that you know, what I can do in in my years as, as as chair is to you know really shine a bright spotlight on some of the really incredible and and innovative things that are being done in in small systems. You know, I've I've gone back and I've you know been a a, a very um, a diligent listener of of the podcast and and you know both on on this podcast and at other ABPA events I've I've really learned about all the amazing things being done by large utilities you know, like SMUD, Seattle City Light, you know, TVA, SRP, LADWP, Austin Energy, and you know and many many more, uh, including Kansas City BPU in, in my own state. Uh, and then, then you've got these these really great large joint action agencies like like AMP, like GRDA, like MEAG, and uh, you know you look at at these large utilities and and agencies, and they they are absolutely leading the way for for public power. And you know, meanwhile, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of small systems that are also doing some some pretty incredible things, and I'd like to to spend some time focusing on them as well. You know, from economic development for for their small communities to uh, decarbonization through renewables or innovative workforce development approaches. There's there's really some 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 really cool things happening. You know, from from Maine to California. Um, you know, just a couple of examples from from my home state. Uh, KMU is actually served by a, a utility called McPherson BPU, 
it's our public power system, and it's in a town of just over 13,000. But they, you know, BPU, McPherson BPU, they keep laser focused on ec- economic development, and they currently sell over 77% of their electricity to a, a vibrant and diverse industrial base that includes plastics and fiberglass insulation, energy and pharmaceuticals, and they've they've had the lowest rates in the state for decades while also moving their power supply to 40% renewables with, with wind energy contracts. And, and then you've got a city like Greensburg, Kansas, that, that was just completely and utterly destroyed uh, by a tornado in 2007. Uh, took down about 95% of the structures in that city. And then in the 14 years since, they've reinvented themselves by putting the quote uh, green in Greensburg and, and becoming a 100% renewable energy town. Um, you know, they're home to the most LEED certified buildings per capita in the U.S. And they were even the, the first city in the in the in the country to use all led streetlights so you know the, the public power business model is is one that works well for every size of, of public power utility and and in kansas it's it's one that uh, works exceptionally well and and particularly for our smaller systems so uh, as my as my friend barry moline in california would would call it my uh quote one big thing during my year as chair uh would will be to, to try to highlight and champion some of these great things that are being done by by small public power systems. Great, Colin. Yeah, that, that's a great point in terms of uh, the smaller systems. And I know as, as news director, I've made it made it a point over the years to to focus on on our coverage in terms of what some of the uh, smaller utility systems are doing in terms of innovative projects. Um, so uh, looking forward to working with you on that over the next year. Um, so turning away from from the the APPA and uh, board directors' roles that, that you're respectively held and are going to hold. What uh, What is going to happen in terms of, or what's, could you talk about what AMP and Kansas Municipal Utilities um, are focusing on in terms of uh, projects that you'd like to highlight? Sure. And I, let, let, why don't I jump in at first? And and I also wanted to, to reiterate what, what you mentioned, Paul. I've really ap- appreciated all of the uh, efforts of APPA and APPA staff on Focusing on some of these these small systems uh, in the past, and and uh, as you noted, very much look forward to working working together hand in hand with uh, with APPA staff on on this initiative this this year. Uh, shifting gears to to a couple things that are going on at, at KMU, um, you know, you know uh, like I'm I'm sur- sure is the case with uh, Jolene's organization. There's a lot of different initiatives that 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 we're uh, undertaking right now, but but maybe just two that I'll quickly mention. Uh, first one is, is workforce development. You know, due to the size of our communities and the economic challenges of, of operating a small city, our, our members tend to struggle uh, in recruiting and retra- retain, retaining uh, qualified employees, uh, you know, that whether that's electric line workers or power plant operators or or even outside of the, the electric system with gas qualified operators or water and wastewater operators. And, and so what we have found here is that, that we need to, to find qualified individuals that actually have roots uh, in these communities and, and try to then provide the top-notch training that lets them become utility professionals. And, and so the way that I've always termed it with, with our members is that we, we need to grow our own uh, utility professionals, in other words. And, you know, to to that end, our uh, 
our board and our membership made an investment in a state-of-the-art training center five years ago, and it's it's thankfully uh, paying dividends now. Uh, you know, we, we we sort of approached it with a uh, build it and they will come mentality, and and thankfully uh, they did uh, indeed come. So uh, you know, the training center sits on a 35-acre training field. It's filled with all kinds of overhead and underground electric distribution equipment, a substation and more. And then, and then on top of that, we've got a 20,000 square foot uh, facility that includes a 300 person auditorium and a training garage that, that includes power poles uh, inside the garage and away from Kansas weather that can be problematic at times. And uh, so in, in 2019, we actually held 165 different uh, separate events uh, at that training center and provided training to over, I think, 5,500 individuals. And you know, interestingly, one of one of the companies that frequently uses our training center when it's not being used by the KMU membership is our local Pfizer plant that is quite busy right now manufacturing uh, COVID vaccine. So that was 2019. That, you know, 2020 was a, a slightly different story. I, I joked with my board over the last year that whoever convinced them that building a three and a half million dollar facility you know, predicated on the idea of bringing large groups of people together in person during a, a global pandemic really ought to be fired. Uh, but thankfully, they they, uh, they they did not take that advice and, and it hasn't happened as of yet. So, um, so anyway, we're, we're nearly back to normal with appropriate safety protocols at the training center. And are, are really looking forward to developing some new technical and safety training offerings uh, and roll those out in 2021. And then the, the other area that I'll, I'll, I'll mention just really briefly is, is the response to, to winter storm URI. And, you know, one of my Kansas members referred to that February polar vortex event as an EF5 tornado and a 500-year flood all wrapped up into one, you know, just just largely due to the financial impact on on his small community and you know our our, our hearts uh, still continue to go out to those in texas that really felt the brunt of the storm you know and its impact not only on financial ramifications but on on human life and and uh, and property damage and you know, what i what i find somewhat interesting is some some may not realize that the that the overall financial impact of that storm however was 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 felt in a really profound way uh, by public power and, and public gas systems all the way from the Gulf of Mexico to to Minnesota and you know, we we actually uh, had seen saw a situation in Kansas where it was so dire that a few of our member cities openly investigated dissolving their cities their small cities due to the impact of the the pricing and during the storm so yeah you know, certainly, I, I know that others on the West Coast or in states uh, east of us have experienced, you know, may have experienced something similar during the Western energy crisis or other polar vortex events. But it's something that's uh, completely new and, and have not seen anything even remotely like it here in, in Kansas. So huge emphasis for us uh, and for KMU over the coming several years will be to investigate and pursue policy changes uh, and also to, to, you know, really look internally at operational changes within our utilities and joint action agencies just to make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. And and this, this is where we are so very appreciative of, of all the efforts of APPA staff and, and being able to have that common voice and that strong voice uh, in, in an emergency like, uh, like this. So. Colin, um, as usual, always has a full plate and, um, 
does a bang up job tackling things for his members. I want to go back to Colin's comments about his priorities uh, during his term as chair. I think that's a really great focus to have. Uh, I look at the AMP membership as a microcosm of what the APPA membership looks like across the country. We have some very large systems and we have some very small systems. And one thing that I, I find uh, heartening is for all the years that I've worked in public power, which is going on 30 plus 30 plus at this point, um, those folks can pull together under one common umbrella, and that is they have a public power system and they 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 value that system and and what it brings to their consumers and to their community. So I think it's it's that you do read a lot and hear a lot about uh, what some of the larger systems are doing. I think it's great to read about some of the smaller systems. I see innovation on uh, across my membership, no matter the size and creativity. I'm a big believer in the public power business model. And um, so I, I think that I think that reminding folks that it is a very diverse membership is is it will be a good message for the, for the coming year. And I do want to thank Colin for the kind comments uh, about uh, my term as chair. I couldn't be happier to have Colin uh, coming uh along next. I think Colin's going to raise the bar for everyone uh, uh, after him. He is uh, hes very professional and very creative and very thoughtful, and he'll do a great job. So I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, with respect to AMP looking forward, so I'm just over a year in my time in my role as CEO. So it, it's been a it's been a year. Uh, I actually took on this first day, official day <clears throat> as CEO of AMP was April Fool's Day in the midst of a pandemic. So uh, it's it's nice to get to a point where things are starting to get back to some sense of some sense of normalcy. We have a ways to go, but some sense of normalcy. But we've we've tackled a lot at AMP in the last year. We've used the time where we weren't traveling as much to focus on some internal. Uh, things that we needed to work on, some initiatives that had started under our longtime CEO, Mark Erkin's leadership that we we needed to wrap up uh, and get across the finish line. Um, and we're currently, we, we updated our mission, vision, and values last year, um, took a hard look at our logo, updated it, took took on some things that we could do that were more internal facing because we did have the, the limits on, on travel. But looking forward, we are in the process of strategic planning with our board. And um, this is a refresh of our strategic plan, looking ahead to see where we think the industry is going in the next seven to 10 years and where should AMP be and what should our role be. Obviously, we are a, a power supplier. We, we have a full suite of programs for our members, training and, and sustainability programs across the board. <clears throat> but the important thing is to determine what's our role in the future as the, as the industry changes. And you see so many disruptors at the distribution level. And uh, what is, what's AMP's role in that. And so we're working through that discussion with our board. But uh, from my standpoint, we, we need to focus on making sure as a joint action organization that we're providing our members with as many tools in the toolbox as they need for them to be successful locally. You know, Colin mentioned workforce issues. One of the things that I did over the past year is I got uh, on the phone and on Teams calls and talked to our members. And I talked to more than 70 AMP members uh, uh, in the past year. Uh, and it, it, it was interesting to have those conversations to talk about what are their challenges locally. Uh, and obviously COVID was a key topic, but also economic development. How, how can they be competitive with, um, with all the changes in the industry? Uh, how can they promote the reliability 
Um, and then workforce issues. Attracting and retaining line workers uh, is an issue that my members have raised, both large and small. And I know APPA has some initiatives focused on that. But I, I would agree with Colin. That's a big challenge for public power systems, no matter the size, no matter the location, it seems to me, from my conversations with my members. So working on those things, we have some other internal initiatives we're working on. Just the whole change in workforce dynamics. Uh, we brought our first phase of employees back in mid-May. The second phase comes back in mid-July. We've now got a remote work policy we didn't have before. So at, you know, my my role is to uh, make sure we have uh, employee engagement and we we respond to the to the changes in the workforce, and then continue focusing on the policy debates that are taking place. We've got obviously the discussions surrounding uh, climate uh, carbon policy, but there's also a whole host of things going on at PJM and MISO that are critically important to my member communities. And um, you know, our team is very engaged in those processes and will continue to be. So continuing on with the good work uh, that was in place at AMP before, we have some new initiatives and I'm sure we'll have some more coming out of the strategic planning process. So um, you know, I'm excited. There's, again, a big believer in the public power business model. I think it's um, interesting to look at at um, what's happening in the industry. I think it bodes well for public power because of our relationship to our customers. But by the same token, we have to stay on top of the trends. And that's one of the things that APPA does so well. Uh, Colin mentioned cybersecurity earlier. Obviously, that's that's a critical issue. We have some programs in place to help our members do cyber assessments uh, and, um, and, and make sure they have uh, uh, good cyber hygiene in place, and that's that's important. So APPA, always a key player for AMP in our discussions um, uh, about what sort of programs that uh, we can rely on at APPA. So exciting times ahead, challenging times ahead. I think there's lots of opportunities as well. So looking forward to uh, looking forward to the the coming uh, year and looking forward to seeing folks in Orlando here in a few weeks. Here, here. here. Great. Well, uh, Colin and Jolene, thanks so much for your time. I know you both have full plates but, um, with your board transition efforts and your roles at AMP and KME. So uh, thanks again so much for taking the time today to speak with us. Well, thanks for the invitation, Paul. And it's, um, you know, I hope that uh, I look forward to future podcasts and some of the topics I know you'll tackle. Yeah, agreed. Really enjoying the, the uh, Public Power Now podcast and appreciate the opportunity to to get to speak with y'all today.